The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 25, where we're going to discuss evangelism, and more specifically, how do I witness to my unbelieving friends? With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Hello, sir. thank you. Good to see, well, here, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> we're starting off great, uh, you guys, today. Um, talking about a subject of evangelism, again, something we're all familiar with. Uh, but we're going to kick off right now by asking and answering the question, why is this an important topic topic that we are covering? Well, I mean, simply because people's eternities are at stake. I mean, um, if we truly believe that the gospel is the highest treasure in all of the universe, if we truly believe that sinners are saved from sin, death, and hell— by the grace of God, and we believe that that has happened to us, and then we believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, then evangelism is of utmost importance. Um, we, we've shared this before. I know I have. Like when we're talking about missions, is uh, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I have to quote him every time. John Piper uh, is that missions exist because worship doesn't. And uh, that that should ring true about our unbelieving friends uh, that we must evangelize because there are people amongst us, around us, in our families, amongst our friend group, um, even people that we even might despise that don't truly worship the Lord. And so we, this is important because if they die in their rebellion, um, they will spend an eternity in hell, separated from the goodness and grace of God. They will be in conscious torment forever and ever and ever. And 10 billion years from now, their agony will have only just begun. Like, that that's insane to think about. Mm-hmm. And, and even amongst uh, us here, um, as we were prepping, like, to think about that in light of, um, yeah, ourselves, but then to make it even more personal, think about your children. Mm-hmm. 10 billion years from now, if I think about my son spending an eternity separated from, from, from Christ, like that, I, I can't fathom it. And, and so I, I, I preach with conviction and proclaim the goodness and the grace of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, because, because I believe that God is gracious and kind. And God saves his people. And so we, we preach. And, and why is it so important? I think about Acts 18 when, when Paul's preaching and there's a little bit of a, a rise against, uh, maybe some harm coming against him. And uh, the Lord says to, to Paul, 
um, look, keep on speaking, keep on preaching, and no harm will come against you because I still have many in this city who are going to call upon my name. Like, think about that. There's The reason that Jesus has not come back yet is there are still people that have yet to call on his name that he has called out. And so that might be your best friend who you're struggling sharing the gospel with. That might be um, your uncle who you hate to talk to at Thanksgiving because politics always gets brought up. That that might be that person that you're really struggling with because they always seem to bully, bully you at work or at school. Um, but when we think of, in light of eternity, uh, God is just. And if we truly believe that uh, our sins, not in part, but the whole were nailed to the cross and we bear it no more, we share it. And if God has called them, their eyes will be open to the light of the gospel. That's why it's so important because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Okay, so thank you for that. Moving on. So why do we share? Why do we do this? Why are we making this a big deal? Sure, sure. Not only is, as Johnny said, well, I mean, it, salvation is everything. I mean, there's nothing more important in this life that will happen to each and every one of us than our salvation. That's, that's a question that must be answered. And, and the reason why this is important for us to do it is because the, from the mouth of Christ himself, we've been commissioned to do so. Uh, in, in the Great Commission, <laughs> a little, uh, no surprise at all, this is where we would go, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nation, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is our commission as God's people. If you have the hope within you, the hope will go out. Like we have, this, this comes to the place of where we're going to send our respect, where we will fear. Do we fear the opinion of men? Or do we honor the command of Christ? I mean, it, for so many times, so many of us are worried about, you know, pushing someone too far or, or not enough or this perfect balance or all these, like we feel like everything must be perfect before then we do this. And, and that's a lie. That's a lie. And in our situations and our testimonies, I imagine it's not that way. You know, not God saves in all kinds of ways, but the beautiful part of the gospel is when it goes out in power, proclaimed faithfully, God can use it, even in those who seem to deny, you know, right at that moment. So I guess, yes, it's an important thing to cover because it means everything. The reason why we're covering it and the reason why we want to be faithful in this area is because Jesus himself has commissioned us to do so. So here we go. This is, I assume, what we're kind of waiting on. How do we do it? How do we share? And... I'll kind of point you in some directions here uh, because there are different things said and, and somebody will hit it, I'm sure, about how you share. But um, can it be shown by the lives that we live, how we live, what we do? Is it because I'm wearing my cross necklace? Um, I'm actually not wearing one at the moment, uh, but you can't see me, so it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> is it because we put our Bible in our backpack and take it to school with us? Uh, do we have to have some sort of solid relationship? There's all kinds of, um, basically, things that we do so we 
can avoid, I guess, evangelism that we say we're going to do. Um, but how do we need to do it? How do we share? In light of the uh, Great Commission uh, that Aaron explained, and also uh, Johnny explaining that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, um, what you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself, for my friends and my relatives, um, do they know that I'm a believer? Do they know uh, that you're a believer? Do they know um, if you are a believer, you know, have you shared the gospel with them? Have you actually explained to them that they are a sinner uh, and in need of a savior? And uh, explain to them that uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for uh, for us, that if we repent and believe in him, uh, in his death, burial, and resurrection, you know, that we uh, that we will be saved. And that uh, comes through um, a regeneration of the heart, you know, that, that's done by the Lord. But it's through um, hearing of the gospel. Uh, like Johnny explained, you know, how, how can someone come alive, like the Bible talks about, um, in the book of Romans, I believe, like, how can someone hear, how can someone come alive unless someone explains to them, uh, the gospel, unless, you know, blessed are the feet of those, um, who carry the gospel. Uh, that's every believer's responsibility to do is to share the gospel of Christ. And what Aaron said is, uh, very true as well. Like, do you love God? Or, or is the love for your friends so uh, deep, the love for a relative is so deep that you don't want to offend them? Or do you love God in such a manner? And do you love your friend and your relative so much that you want them to know the Lord? That you want them... Uh, that you want to share the gospel because you don't want them to spend an eternity in hell. And that's what you got to ask yourself. Um, and I would say this too also that uh, know that, uh, uh, you know, one of the first things I uh, do, um, and it's not the gospel, but I share, <laughs> I do share my testimony with people. I, why am I a believer? And, and I share the testimony, which leads me into the gospel. Uh, the God that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Someone preached to me, uh, the gospel and it's our responsibility to preach the gospel to someone else. And that absolutely includes your friends and your relatives. And again, just to reiterate, um, cause I know, cause I have friends that I love. We have friends that we love. We have relatives that we love. And are you afraid to offend them? Are you so afraid to offend them that you could um, not share the gospel with them and they die in their sins and go to hell? Is that love? You got to ask yourself what, what love really is. Well, and going on, your testimony is a powerful thing. And there's a lot of people that um, 
that struggle with a boring testimony, right? Quote unquote. Right. Uh, what I love about John nine, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, you have the man who's blind from birth, right? The disciples are like, uh, they asked Jesus, who sinned this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. It's just so that the glory of God will be known through him. And Jesus heals him. Right. And the religious leaders are just like, they can't understand what's going on. They're trying to figure out any way to spin this as if Jesus couldn't have done it or he did it by, you know, uh, a demon or something like that. And so they go to the man and the man basically has no answer for him. Right. Except for one thing. He says, look, I don't know who it was. I don't know how exactly he did it, but what I do know is I once was blind and now I see. Amen. And so the power of a testimony is, uh, and uh, you can drink again because I'm going to mention John Piper again. Um, he, <laughs> You're going to bankrupt us on yeah, royalties, yeah. man. <laughs> Sorry. But he says, there's nothing boring about resurrection. And so when we talk about, mm, if yeah. you think you have a boring testimony, have you really considered that you've been brought from death to life, that you're blind and now you see, you're lost and now you're found? Uh, you, as as Scripture says, were dead in your trespasses, but God made alive, made us alive together with Christ. And so, when people do hear what God has done in our lives, that does give the natural flow to how God does this in our lives. And so, what that man couldn't articulate, he did point them to. Yeah, I was blind, but now I see. You're still gonna have to go figure out. <laughs> what just happened and how it happened, but they couldn't deny, well, they they were sitting there like, yeah, that man was blind and now he sees. So they had to figure it out. And so the testimony is a powerful thing because it does testify to the power and the grace of, of God through Christ Jesus. Um, and it's a beautiful, natural flow to how God does save. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it getting back to what you said there, Bobby, what, what we must start with is we got to be ready. Like if we're not ready, you know, to share the gospel, we're going to miss opportunities. Yes, we trust in God to be sovereign, but he does use means by which to call his children to himself. And he uses his people faithfully proclaiming the gospel to do so. Um, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead, by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So when the opportunities come, it's not like we're waiting for this great moment. We are gospel saturated and centered. So we're always bringing things back to the gospel, the conversation, the the worldview issues, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. Why we believe that there's beautiful, why we believe that there is good, why we believe that there's hope and how we are all created in God's image. We need to be ready for that. So many Christians feel unequipped because there's no personal walk with Christ anywhere. They're not praying. They're not speaking. They're not confessing their sin. They don't feel worthy. Why? Because they're not in the book either. So if we're not in those two things, if we're not prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, then we're going to live ashamed and afraid because we never step up to the plate. Yeah, It's nerve-wracking for sure. Can people, can people put you off and you break off relationships? Yes. But what's your ultimate, ultimate goal? What's, what's the highest good that you can do? Keep a friend all the, and walk them hand in hand all the way to hell? 
or to lead them to the only hope that they have that's through Jesus Christ. You may win your brother. You may lose that relationship and later in, the, in life that seed that you planted that God used may sprout up and bring eternal life. You may see them in heaven one day. So we've got to first, in my opinion, be ready. Then we move on to maybe more of the objections. So can it be shown by our lives only? I, we, G said it multiple times. It's been said again. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, can I, can I wear that on my shirt? Can I wear that around my neck? Um, you know, what, does that, does that have any sort of impact? Uh, this seems like a kind of a silly question, but it has to be said. Well, there's a common, uh, even said behind pulpits sometimes that, uh, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. And we would say, preach the gospel at all times and always use words. <laughs> because the word of God is uh, where the power of God lies. And so um, is, is your life a powerful testimony of God's work? Absolutely. Uh, in First John 3, uh, let us uh, love... Um, uh, and it says not in word, uh, but that's talking about just saying we love you, right? Mm-hmm. It says, but in deed and in truth. And so we want to we wanna have our actions backed up by the truth of what we proclaim. And so if I say God has saved me, and if I say that God is the highest good and the greatest pleasure, the most in, enjoyment that I've ever found, he's, he satisfies my soul. He, he's the delight of my heart. Does my life reflect that? Uh, but um, I can't. I can't live that way and not talk about it. We're we're all evangelists, and we're. And if you don't believe that you are, um, if you really enjoy something, do you do you keep silent about it? Mm-hmm. If you see a good movie, do you tell your friend about it? Uh, for me, I remember I love Reese cups uh, a whole lot, and <laughs> uh, when when it's always around like different holidays, right. They come out with the, you know, like the really good ones. The best Reese's. Yes. And my brother and I, we have this thing where when we find a good one at a good place, we will literally call each other. (laughs) And so it happened to me. Like I was, I drove into food city and there they were the Christmas trees and, and um, and I, I I bit into one and and I immediately called Sam (laughs) and he answered. And my first words were food city. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he knew like he, he knew, but when I found something good, I couldn't help but talk about it. We are all evangelists. And so Amen. preach the gospel at all times and always use words. Um, it, it flows from, from your life, but uh, people come to faith in Christ by hearing the word of God. Uh, the word of God is meant to be heard. And so um, that it's just simply, it's not possible to just live and then your friend be like, oh, I believe in Jesus too, without them ever hearing that you believe in Jesus and 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 why and what is the gospel so it has to be proclaimed and i mean just some confession here i i personally don't know that at all times i could give off the right vibe or look or gospel life no one you know no no you can't do that and and so uh the word of god alongside of that is what makes it so sweet um because it shows that you know what while my life is a wreck um, Christ still loves me. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank God it's not dependent on you yeah. and your ability, right? Just like your salvation was, 
neither is your um, you know, proclamation of the gospel to others. And and so what I would say is, you know, as G began with, you know, your testimony is a is a powerful thing, you know, and, and as Johnny added to as well. But you know, what we can see those things is you can see even a tattoo, a shirt, a necklace, like you said, they're conversation starters. Yep. Yeah. You know, people see that, they know something about you. And so either that can draw them to you, right, in a good way to where conversations begin. You may draw ire from them. I don't know. But the good news is you're all pointing to something. You know, you're, you can lead into the conversation that you're ready to have. And so so what I say, those things on, them, on, their, on their own can save someone, no. But they can lead to the gospel, which which is the power of salvation. And if words don't accompany, those things can also be hindrances um, to people's understanding of who God is. I mean, I have a, a example from, I know within our church, there was um, some, some young ladies who uh, attended here, but didn't, you know, they weren't super involved. And apparently they were treating someone really poorly at school. And I got contacted about that because they knew they were involved at Eden Chapel and they wore crosses around their necks. Um, but then apparently nothing, there was no proclamation of gospel. In fact, it was quite the opposite. And so those things were actually like reasons for those people um, not wanting to attend our church and, and even a little bit further wanting less to do with, with Christ. And so we have to understand, uh, just like you said, Bobby, we're, we're all flawed and we're messed up. We're going to mess up. We're going to say things we, we shouldn't have said. We're going to do things we shouldn't have done. And that's why the word of God is a, is so powerful because it says, I do fail and I need to confess my sin to God and ask for forgiveness from you. Um, and I hope that you forgive me. Um, and here's the grace of God. That's, that's why it's, it can be a hindrance if that's all you have. If it's just, oh, I'm carrying my Bible in my backpack, but then I cuss you out uh, for being just, you know, I think you're little or um, less than me. Uh, that, that's going to be a hindrance to someone uh, if I can't admit that, uh, well, hey, I messed up. And here's why I know I messed up. It's first and foremost against the Holy God. Yeah. Well, Romans 1 makes it clear that on on their own, people have enough of information to be damned, but not to be saved. Yeah. And and so we must accomp- accompany not just our look and our, our actions, not just because we're nice or polite, but we must accomplish all we do through the gospel or there's no hope. Yeah. Amen. So the next part of this, what kind of relationship should we build or try to build or should we at all before we decide to share the gospel? Does it have to be some sort of solid, strong relationship? You got to get to know them personally, uh, fill them out before you, you go all in. Um, what kind of relationship are we looking for before we do this? Well, I think, I think we look back to the gospels. Like what, what do we see the examples of those who have come before us? You know, did they, you know, did they go and have dinner with their, with their wives and like do all the, do life together and all this stuff before they would share? Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I don't remember if it was in the podcast or just our discussion, but you know, Johnny talking about, you know, what Peter would say, you know, at, at Pentecost, you know, and, and all these other times, you crucified the Lord of glory. Like, well, hey, good to meet you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. I like this guy. He's bubbly. But today that we, we think that there must be this rapport made. Again, we feel like, and honestly, you say what you want, 
But that's a non-trusting heart in the gospel. Let's face it, right? The gospel's not strong enough to overcome the fact that I've got to build this rapport with someone. Um, I think that's that's a lie. Again, then be, then we begin to look at this perfect situation and what honestly happens, what happens when we know people more uh, deeply, like your family? It starts to be able be terrible to share with them because you actually do know more about them. And then there's this more baggage and there's more anxiousness. And then I think it actually hinders the work that we should be doing. You hear the common theme, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, I think there's no, I think about, um, if you know the magician, uh, the magician's pen and teller, Penn Gillette is a famous atheist. Uh, um, and he shared one night about a guy handing him a Bible and, uh, it really struck him, um, and meant something, even though he didn't believe it at all. But he, but the guy said, look, I want you to know, I care so much about you that I, I truly believe that if you were to die in your sin tonight, that you would spend eternity separated from God. And Penn like cried in his, he made a video and he said, how can Christians say they care about us and not tell me this every day? Mm. And I was like, whoo, man, that, mm. you know, uh, so if you really want to show that you care for someone, would you not start with what is most important in, in all of life and in, in, in eternity? And, and I think we need to ask that. And I, I was at cross conference with our college students and I think it was J.D. Greer that was preaching and he said that he was uh, sharing the gospel with um, a lady who was really hardened to it and was not very receptive. And finally, it seemed like there was like starting to see some breakthrough. And she she said, uh, I don't know that I can believe this. And he was like, you know, he was thinking of reasons why. And he said, why? And he says, and she said, because I don't think I would ever have enough time in the day. I would be going to everyone I know to tell them this news. And he was like, that was pretty convicting. You know, here I am thinking I poured this time and effort into this girl and kind of thinking good about myself. And, you know, here she is uh, kind of stumbling over the fact of coming to faith in Christ because it means I better be sharing this with every single person I know. Um, and so I think it's a, a really, for one, that's the proof of caring for someone. And then secondly, what a foundation to build a friendship on, you know, um, and it, and just like Pastor Aaron said, if it costs you, if it, if it costs you a friendship, for one, you have more treasure in Christ than you'll ever know. Mm-hmm. And then two, if, if that is something that causes that person uh, days, months, years down the line to be kind of the catalyst for, for responding to the gospel, then praise God. If it meant years without friendship with you, but in eternity with Christ, we would, we would take that. And, and so, and, and I will say this, that's one of my biggest struggles because I'm a introvert by nature. I hate offending people. And, you know, I'm always thinking if I say this, what if they say that? And I overthink things way too much, but do I really care about them? And that's what we need to be asking. Do I actually truly care about this person? So that, that actually kind of leads into uh, the next piece because ultimately there are two outcomes that they, their eyes are either open to the gospel or not. 
Right. Those are those are the two outcomes that it comes to, whether it's you know instantly or in the long term, um, as far as their eyes opening. Uh, those are your two outcomes. So how do we follow up? Obviously, if their eyes are open, we rejoice and praise God for His great work. Right. That's that's the easy one. The the one that's maybe a little more difficult to to swallow is how do we follow up um, and continue on or have a relationship with those who deny or just aren't listening or it's just seems like it's hitting a brick wall. Well, well, I do believe that there's different types of denials that I've experienced with those who I've shared the gospel with. Um, and I think it does take some wisdom and discerning. You know, I would talk with your elders, with your, with your pastor, um, because each situation can be unique. Um, but, but one, one place where I would weigh this very, very carefully is what is it doing to your spiritual walk? If you're actually being faithful to the gospel, you're sharing with these people and not only are they denying it, but they're pulling you into sin, right? If, if you cannot continue on, like just say, you know, if I'm around these people, well, then I fall into slander and gossip or, you know, if, if we're around, I can't just have a drink. We get hammered, right? Um, your gospel witness goes away because they've actually won. So you're actually not, you're not being effective whatsoever. You're honestly testifying to them, well, I can be just who I am without ever changing, without any, any lifestyle happening, uh, you know, any repentance, anything. So for me, I guess what I would say is, because there are people who genuinely have questions. You know, they genuinely have these questions and, and they want to know more. They're not just shutting you down. They're not just pushing you out. They're not saying, well, God's not good because, you know, and just being hateful. They, they have these questions. Well, I have this, I struggle with this. Can you help me? And we've got to be ready for that. And, and honestly, in my life, there, there's someone who I pray for literally daily for their salvation who I had shared the gospel with them and completely refuted all their objections, all their questions. I feel like I answered well. And that the next thing was another question. And I just sat quietly. We were actually in a car ride out of state. It was super awkward. And I sat quietly and he's, and he said, well, you're not going to answer me. And I said, no, I'm done answering you because all you have is questions. What you need to do is believe. And you know, I thought many times, was that the right decision or not? We've had more decision or uh, conversations since then. But I do believe you come to the point where your absence or your, your staying out of the conversation is a conversation for them to have. The reason I can't be with you is not because I don't love you, but it's because I don't see you understanding the seriousness of this question or understanding the seriousness of the gospel. And so my loudest my loudest message that I have to give is in my absence and sometimes it does come to that. Yeah, I mean I I I agree with everything that's just said. We have to weigh very carefully and we I, I kind of think of the story of of the prodigal son when when you're talking about that pastors <clears throat> we always want to make sure that this person knows you're never out of, for one, you're never out of reach mm. of Christ yes. and you will never uh, be uh, unloved by me. 
I'm, I'm always here to love you. And, um, because I care so deeply, this is what I care about for you. And so I think of that story is, is kind of just like waiting on the front steps for them to return. And that's kind of the picture that we have because sometimes like pastor said, uh, I think especially in regards to, uh, sin in regards to their having a greater effect on you than you are on them. There's separation is, is very important. Um, I've had that in my own life. I've had to make some tough decisions with some of my best friends who struggle with certain things. And they, they even kind of used, uh, freedom in the gospel against me. Well, you're free to do that. Uh, so you can come out here to do this. And it was a struggle for me that I eventually said, look, I'm, I'm right here and you know where I am and I'm always here for you. Uh, but, but I can't participate in, in that. And you know why. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's a very, very loud witness for them. And sometimes they continue in rebellion, but, uh, we always continue praying because there is no sinner too far gone uh, that has sinned so much that Christ can't save them. And because we believe that, we are always ready uh, and prepared to give uh, a, a reason for the hope that we have. Um, and so so be ready at all times, knowing that sometimes there might be um, seasons where we have to uh, distance ourselves uh, from them. Thank you for that. As we start to close this thing down, uh, just open it up for any final thoughts on uh, how do we witness or how do we evangelize to our our friends or relatives. Uh, we're not sitting here saying that this is the easiest thing. In fact, I would say it's one of the more difficult things that believers struggle with, um, you know, personally. And I'm sure the guys could all attest to the same thing. It's, it's weird because we're oftentimes gung-ho to talk about, you know, sports or or politics or, you know, whatever relationships with those around us. And yet the most important vital thing uh, ever uh, we shy away from. And so we're not, we're not making light of it and, uh, or anything we're, we understand the, the difficulty of it. Um, but uh, we also want this to be an encouragement to you to, to be bold and to, to trust that, um, that God is in control and, and, and he will make a way when there seems like there's just not one. So if there's anything else you guys want to add uh, before we close down, you go right ahead. I would just, um, I want to close with just saying that ensure to your friends or your family that you love them um, unconditionally, that you do love them um, uh, regardless of whether they um, uh, believe or don't believe. But also uh, what Johnny and Aaron are saying, you know, we absolutely uh, may have to distance ourselves from them. But again, if you do ensure them that you love them, and that's the reason you are distancing yourself from them, mm-hmm. because it's because Christ is that important. Christ is that important to you and to them. And also be prepared to answer any questions that they may have. Um because it seems the closer you get to someone, whether a friend or a relative, uh, the harder the questions get. (laughs) 
And sometimes it's okay yeah. to say, I don't know. Yeah. It is. It. Yeah. It is okay you don't have to be an expert in every field. Yeah. Yeah. Right? True. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I don't know if Pastor wants to talk maybe real brief synopsis of kind of the ground that we kind of take in regards to worldview. Because it's helpful when you're engaging um, with people, especially that are maybe more skeptical or questioning um, because everyone has a worldview. Every, everyone comes from a place and I think it's important. I think Aaron does a pretty good job. Do you want to talk just real briefly yeah. about? Yeah, sure. Like what we would say here at Eden Chapel is we, we would hold to a presuppositional apologetic, just meaning that we believe as Johnny just stated that everyone has presuppositions that they come into a conversation with. We have a worldview which shapes what we believe and know. And what we would say is, obviously, Christianity is the only worldview that makes sense of the world that we live in. Um, The truth of the scriptures is the only way you can make sense of our world. And how we would tackle that is, excuse me, sorry, is the fact that atheists, if we literally came from a cosmic accident, there is no purpose, no meaning in life, then we would never figure it out. If we're just simply matter in motion, as some of my favorite apologists say, if it's just went from the goo to you or from fish to philosophers, you know, so many people take that jump um, and just don't understand what they're swallowing. You know, they don't understand what they're what they're having to believe to get to that point. You know, Skittles don't come out of nowhere, but yet we're saying the most massive, unknowable stretch of real estate in the world, our universe and all that's around us did, right? Like, and they accept that. Why? Because they hate God. So what we would say is you have no foundation for truth, for beauty, for even math. We could, we could not send a ship out into space if we couldn't do math. Why can we do math? Because yesterday is the same as today and will be tomorrow. Why do we know that? Because God is holding the universe together. Like, all of these things, we point them back to the fact that we have the solid ground. Well, someone says, well, I'm not an atheist, I'm an agnostic. Well, <laughs> ag- agnosticism only says we can't know. That's not a truth claim. That's a, that's a scapegoat uh, approach to the whole situation. So what I would say is, well, in the beginning, you've given up knowledge. You say we can't know. I'm telling you we can The reason why we see the world as we do is because it is exactly as the scriptures has told us it is. And this is why we need to be reconciled with God. And we go through the garden all the way through mankind, our father uh, in the flesh, Adam, and our need for faith and repentance and belief in Jesus Christ. So what what I would assure you is, and is what Johnny alluded to, um, we stand on the most solid ground. There's people who can talk above you and geology and, and all these other things and give you these facts. But the, but the fact of the matter truly is, is when you dig under, you look at their presuppositions, they are standing on shifting sand. Only Christianity, it's not an arrogant thing to say, but it's something we expose. Only Christians stand upon the rock. And it, our job is to take away their, well, as we always give the example when we see uh, unbelievers suppressing the truth, you know, it's like holding a beach ball under the water at a pool. 
our job is to poke their arms until the beach ball is freed and then they see the truth of the gospel. Yeah, that's what I tell uh, the group of kids here at, at church for, for homeschool is when you're engaging in conversation, um, it's not just your Christian worldview that's on trial. Theirs is too. When they come into the conversation, you get to put their worldview on trial as well. And only one will hold up. And so it's it's important that we we poke those arms and let that truth come up because uh, the truth that is found in the Word of God uh, is the only one that will stand. Uh, the The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. And so we want to build our lives upon it because it's the only thing that remains. And um, and so just remember that when you're engaging in conversation, uh, there there's probably going to be some tough conversations. But Christian, you are in the right spot. <laughs> uh, you're in the spot that will that will stand and uh, believe that, trust that, and move forward from that um, as as you engage. Don't don't shy away, um, but but have confidence and boldness as as you go forward. Amen. Anything else, gentlemen? I'm just gonna read. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If you wanted to or me. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're. No, it's okay. I got that to you late. That's all right. Go for it. I got that to you late. Romans chapter 10, 14 through 17 is, (laughs) it just covers so much of what G began with and what we've talked about this entire time. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to... To, to preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, right? And hearing comes from the word of Christ. Be faithful to the call of the gospel. Be faithful for the one who has commissioned you. Trust that your foundation is sure. And go and be faithful, fearing God above man. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor. Johnny, will you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for this time. I'm so thankful for my brothers here. And I just pray that um, as this time together has, has been listened to, that everyone that's listening just takes heart that if we build our lives upon the rock of Christ, Though the storm comes, uh, our house will stand. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that we move forward from that place that uh, we are glad to and confident uh, to share the good news of the gospel with those around us, knowing that as we proclaim, just as we just read, uh, that when the people whom you have called out hear the good news uh, that is written and, and heard in your word, that you will bring them to life by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would do that, God, that you would use us um, in the places that we're at. I pray for every listener here. I pray for uh, us four guys in this room that we would go from this place, that we would um, uh, stop waiting for opportunities, but to know that if we're having a conversation with someone, you've granted an opportunity, and we would take use of it and make much of it, and that you would... You would work mightily and powerfully for your glory and your good pleasure. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. 
and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.